This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Like, American culture versus, like, overseas culture, and this is not talking Americans. Americans expect a lot more. They're a lot more entitled. Whereas, like, I have a Filipino editor... The guy, he'll do anything I feel like. If it gets over a million views, you give him a bonus. Yeah, but it gets over a million views, the editor gets a hundred bucks. The irony of that is now that we're doing like 4,000 videos a month, yeah. um, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's actually now it's a problem yeah. and I'm restructuring things. <laughs> Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my guest today, Ryan McGinn. How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So for those, we'll just get right into it. For those that don't know what you do, could you explain? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I do two things. I'm a content creator. I make videos for my own personal, you know, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube shorts. Um, I go live every week, so now I can call myself a streamer, I guess. Um, been making videos for like 15 years, um, but I didn't really didn't really matter. So the last like two and a half, I got really focused and dialed in on TikTok. Um, from that, I saw the opportunity early and I morphed that into a, what I, I believe is the first TikTok short form content agency that existed. Um, and this is in the heart of the pandemic when it started. Um, and I grew that to last year we did the agency viral edits did 1.2 million. We have 18 clients. We post around 4,000 videos a month and to date on TikTok, we've made over a thousand viral videos and viral being a million views in 24 hours. Yeah. So you've gotten over a billion views then in totality. Yeah. I mean, I was on Pineda, Ryan Panay's podcast a long time and he kind of quoted that and I was like, I don't know if that's actually accurate, <laughs> but I'm going to go with it. But definitely it is now. I mean, my personal TikTok um, just recently crossed over a hundred million views on TikTok. Um, and that's just me making videos yeah. like, about kind of whatever. And yeah. that's kind of, um, I've gotten a lot of popularity at least in the space just because I've just focused on TikTok and because I see so much data, mm -hmm. it makes it very easy for me to go, oh, these types of videos do well. Let's let's right. make these videos. And then I add my spin on it and morphed and now yeah. you know I'm on a cool podcast like yours. Hell yeah. <laughs> so what would you say are the biggest factors that goes into a viral video? Because you're seeing all this data. You post hundred videos a day, so you got a good eye for it. Yeah, I I mean honestly the most factor is like especially if I'm looking to work with somebody and they because when somebody wants to work with me, it's like they expect to go viral. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they're paying for. Like right. I'm a premium service. It's expensive. I got to get you results. So I can look at somebody and go, do you have the personality to go viral? Mm -hmm. And that's not saying you can't build the personality. Like, and because like, I did for myself, like when right. I started, I was not doing what I am now, but like I amplified my personality, my tonality, my, the way I ask questions, what I ask, how I ask. But I think that character structure and, and tonality and personality kind of make up the, like, the amount of times you can go viral. And then when it comes to that, it's just, does the topic have the capacity to go viral? Mm. And then if you check the box of, okay, this topic can go viral, meaning it can reach a lot of people, check that box. The next box you need to check is, did I say something good enough in the first three seconds to hold somebody's attention? Right. And if you nail those, the rest is easy. But like most videos, I would say 99% of all videos fail with the first three seconds. Wow. Because like, it's just not entertaining enough. Yeah, it's just like you're just you're you know you're in a zone. Like if people look at their own like scrolling patterns, yeah, like 
just ask yourself why you stopped. Yeah. It was probably because there was and, – and, like, a hook is kind of not really just one thing, at least in my in our world. It's like, okay, you have the, the, the audio hook, which is, like, what's spoken. Mm-hmm. Like, never eat crabs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, like – and then you have, like, a visual hook where it could be, like, somebody stabbing a knife into a crab. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, or somebody throwing the crab in the trash can. Yeah. And then it's like, and then there could be something written on the screen for like, you know, so there's like all these different points of like, okay, if you, if your volume is not turned on, you can read or you see the image and then you get to the next, you know, three seconds. Right. And it's like, there's almost like a second hook that happens, which is like a transition too. So it's like, you get somebody the first three seconds, get somebody to stop the next mm-hmm. three seconds, gets them to keep watching. Right. So it's like the hook it's kind of complicated. It's not yeah. like, you know, say this set formula. Yeah. It's not a set formula, but it's really, a, you have to. And I think as, as the, the platforms have matured a lot and mm-hmm. like, there's so much, I don't want to say there's so much competition. There's just so much saturation of people uploading mass quantities of videos right. to stand out. It, it's again, it comes back to like how aggressive are you when you talk? Mm. Like we just started recording and I instantly started talking louder <laughs> and it's like, that's not necessarily my personality when I walked into the room. Cause we were chatting before that, but yeah. it's like, I'm like, you know, I'm competitive. So like, I see your clips. I'm like, I want to have a good clip. Yeah, like yeah. I want to get one that gets a million views. And I also want my team to get the file so I can try to get a million views. So it's yeah. like to do that, you, I, I feel like you just have, you have to try. Like, right. I feel like it, you, you know, let's say a year ago, you could just shout out to today's sponsor, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They do all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep, pre-portioned, ready to cook, along with step-by-step recipe cards that are pictured. I used to suck at cooking, but HelloFresh makes it very easy to cook. They also save you money. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. So if you order food a lot or you grocery shop a lot, HelloFresh is there to save you money and time. I value my time a lot. That's why I'm a fan of HelloFresh. I cook it with my fiance every week. Our favorite meals are the chicken orzo, the salsa verde enchiladas, and they got so many more options for you guys. Check out their site. Let me know your favorite recipes in the comments below. If you want America's number one meal kit, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50DSH for 50% off and free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50DSH and use code 50DSH for 50% off plus free shipping. Let me know what you guys order in the comments below. Can't wait to see it. Peace. Casually go viral. Like, because there wasn't as many people. It was easy. It was much easier. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Easier. Now it's like you have to try. Mm-hmm. And I just believe in virality as like the catalyst for pretty much anything because, and you've probably seen it in your, in your own life, you know, mm-hmm. when your podcast clips are going viral, like when you're going viral, it's instant gratification. You walk outside, especially you living in Vegas, you're yeah. probably going to get recognized. It just started, yeah. Yeah, and like, and that, that is in direct correlation with how many views you're getting on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, and and if, if you're not getting recognized, your views are probably down. Right. And I've just found that TikTok specifically is where everybody, I know you had, uh, think media, Sean Canal on yep. here. And I saw the clip where he, where he did, where he was like, you know, TikTok is, isn't there's no depth. I, I think that's the wrong way of looking at things. Um, just because TikTok is just relevance. Mm. Like it's not really meant in my opinion, it's not really meant like you're not going to make money from the TikTok, Right. But 
18 to 25 year olds are going to recognize you. Mm. So what is more important? Like to always be the face of the 18 to 25 younger generation, which no, right now they might be broke, mm -hmm. but in two years. Yeah. You saw what Jake Paul did with, mm -hmm. with his audience. Yeah. I mean, it's like all, you know, it, it's, I think TikTok is like future eyeballs mm -hmm. and future relevance. And they're going to remember, you know, when it comes to like, let's say two, three, four years down the line, you know, where that might be on long form, like long form, in my opinion, is not bad. Like I love long, I love content as a whole, mm -hmm. but it's like to have the argument of like, well, TikTok, you know, in his case, it was like, there's no depth. I'm like, well, well. I'm like, you might just not be getting enough views. It was uh, a hot take for sure. Yeah. Shout out and to Sean. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he, I mean he, uh, he's a, a, a beast at YouTube. Yeah. So it's like, and I mean, like I would consider myself a beast at short form. So it's like, right. we're arguing, yeah, our, yeah. our you know, and I mean, you know, mad respect to him, but it's like also too, it's like, I, I, it, there's, you need both. Yeah. I don't think either there's a world where you can only have one. Right. I'm trying to do both. For yeah. Sure. Like, and I'm same with me too. Like I'm going live for two hours every week. Like yeah. I don't necessarily want to do that. You know, but it's well, live streaming is a whole nother topic. You just saw XQC sign for a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I just, for me, it was just like, okay, I need to commit to a long form every two weeks. And I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Brandon Carter, King Keto. He's mm -hmm. one of uh, my clients and he goes live every Tuesday from like eight to 10. He's like, dude, it's one of the best things I've ever done for my business. Right. Um, he pulls all of his YouTube clips from it. We pull out of his short form clips out of it. Wow. Um, and we film in person with him. So it's like the, the, the short form no depth mm -hmm. is circum uh, what's the, word, the right word for that is made up in the live stream right so like that's kind of what i'm testing right now is like because i don't want to like i know like i'm obsessive especially with editing and if i go for like a 10 minute youtube video it's going to take me 40 hours to edit this mm -hmm. thing and make it the most perfect video i can whereas like i can just go live for two hours and it's like a podcast it's gonna i'm gonna talk face to face with people you know I think that I can get the same benefit of a long form if I do that, but who knows? I might be wildly wrong and just wasting every two hours. But I'm learning a lot about live stream. It's like it, it's like the the amount of you have to put so much effort into it. Like I mean, I, like last the first one I had like almost 75 people on mm -hmm. the whole time. I was like, oh, this is dope. I had almost 100 people. Second time I was like 14. I was like, Oof, all uh. right. I was like, <laughs> happened. Then I did third is like 22. I'm like, oh god. But I just look at it like, okay, like give it a year. And there'll be a thousand people on this thing. Right. And that that's like the, why I like content so much. Cause it's like, it's a long game. It's, it's a compounding game for sure. So like, you know, and you, I mean, you've seen it, like you see the, all the views you get with your clips and yeah. like it compounds. One video goes viral, five more behind it, get more views. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, especially on YouTube, I noticed. Yeah. And, it, and it's like account authority too. It's like the more, I, I just think there, there's a, I don't want to say society. I think the industry right now is not weighing the importance of the relevance that TikTok brings you. Mm. You know, it might not turn into dollars. Like I it, think it's if if it's what you do with it, because a lot of TikTokers ended up making millions, like mm. Charlie D'Amelio, Bryce Hall, all those mm. people. But then there's a lot that didn't make money. Mm. I think it's also too like right now. Now TikTok, it's not entertaining anymore. It's mm -hmm. it's educators for sure. You know, and that's like when when I started the agency, we focused. I wanted educators because I'm like there's going to be a big problem that happens where it's like, and, and I only know it cause like I was late to Instagram because I was focusing on YouTube. I had a, a men's style fashion YouTube channel where I taught guys how to dress better to get laid. Mm. And I was late to YouTube, but I was like so focused on like getting this and I did get it to go. I mean, I had like 25,000 subscribers that was getting like a million views a month. Like mm. I had an agency, I was getting paid to do videos, Nice, but it was also about helping men get laid. Mm -hmm. And I just recently got engaged and was having a daughter and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this isn't really my 
my thing anymore. Yeah. So like, then I jumped over to Instagram to like reinvent myself. And I was like, oh, now I'm really late to Instagram. <laughs> you know, so that's when, like when, when TikTok came along, I was like, I am not going to be late to this. Yeah. And that's, you know, that thankfully, you know, that paid off because the agency and then, and even my own, you know, success on the platform was based on like, I'm just going to, like, I didn't post to Instagram for like a year. Mm. I just posted on TikTok every wow. day. And I got to finally got to hundred K after a little while. Um, on TikTok, it took me like a year and three months, I think, to get to 100K. It took me like three months to get from 100K to 200K. And now, I mean, I've been at like 200, almost 250 now for a little bit. But it's like the the difference between like what took me to get to 100K was me learning how to speak better. Right. Like you have to be punchy. You have to be direct. You have to be quick. Yeah. And I think that that, that is where most long form people struggle when it comes to TikTok. Like even on this, like I'm talking punchy. Because yeah. it's like my brain just operates like that. Yeah, people are monotone. I was like that at first, the first few episodes mm -hmm. I noticed. And yeah. I think I think the more you focus on short, the better your long form gets because you get more condensed. For sure. You know, and that's, you know, and I do think they're, they're again, they're two entities. Mm. So it's like you have to put just as much effort into short as you do long. Yeah. But from a bang for buck, you know, focus type of thing right now, like I would just say, if you want 100,000 followers on any platform, you're not going to get it going long form YouTube anytime soon. It would take years, probably. Years. And I mean, and that's you coming correct right. with like a full time editor, thumbnail designer, and you know your topic so good that you can talk about it for five to seven minutes yeah. in a really entertaining way. You know, and not saying that you shouldn't do that, like, because it's, you know, that in the long run that pays off because AdSense on YouTube is absurd. Like, mm -hmm. people get paid, especially in like the finance world. Right. You know, and then there is the influence that's built because they, you know, but the argument you know has always kind of been at least when people talk to me about it because we talk to clients about it, like well, what's the roi on this and mm -hmm. i'm like i'm like how when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply uh, you can't put an roi on popularity yeah it's what you make of it i think mm -hmm. it, it really yeah. is and it was like um, like all the clients that we work with that succeed the most they're like i'm not trying to make money from this yeah i just want to be in front of everybody i think when you're too pushy it's a turnoff almost mm -hmm. when you're too and, salesy. Then, and yeah and then like the young audience is smart yeah like these kids they're not idiots nah i remember when you could sell a course and it was whatever now it's like you got you got a course it's like a bad look almost yeah that's why and like i'm kind of an anti-course guy because i'm like well what's gonna and even if you buy a course or if you're if you're a creator and you sell a course what happens let's say it does well and a thousand people buy that course mm -hmm. well now and, like, and now a thousand people let's say 20 percent of us now 200 people or so are going to take that course and start making content about what they learned from that course mm -hmm. so what just happened to the course it's it, not as valuable it's not as valuable anymore because all these people are like oh yeah i learned from so-and-so like thank you like these right. So it's like, well, I don't need to buy that course now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, so it's like from a long-term perspective, it's just like, yeah, it seems like a waste of time right now. I think we Absolutely. should just focus on if I'm going to put this in a course, I should just make it entertaining and give it away and then figure out how to sell it to the eyeballs later. Yeah. Like, at least that's my philosophy. But, you know, the people sell courses and make a lot more money than me. Yeah. So I don't know. So I didn't know you were a dating coach. So back when <laughs> you were single teaching guys how to get laid, what was the strategy there? Oh, so... When I, so I was just teaching guys to get laid from a fashion standpoint. And my, oh, whole, okay. and my whole angle was make her come to you. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, oh, it sounds so easy, right? <laughs> just just dress better. You don't have to approach anybody because that's the hardest part for guys was right. walking up to girls and knowing what to say. I mean, that's obviously changed now because it's like what to text them because of right. like Bubble and Tinder. Um, but I, I always had a philosophy like if you go into a room, let's say a bar you know, or a club, and you can kind of guess what everybody's going to be wearing, you just either dress one level above everybody or one level below everybody. Mm. And that could be like, let's say you're going to a lounge and it's like, business casual and you can find most clubs and bars have websites they tell you what the preferred dress code is mm -hmm. it's a little looser now like society's kind of come down from like fat for fashion i believe but if like let's say everybody's gonna be there they're just gonna be wearing like let's say you know nice jeans and like button-ups mm -hmm. okay so you wear a suit with no tie mm. now you're standing out like why why am I? or let's say the bar you're going to is more finance bro mm -hmm. like maybe it's in new york city it's more wall street-ish you're like, okay, how do I stand out? It's like, okay, well, let's maybe if I wear, you know, dark denim with like a, a t-shirt or like, you know, with a tie or not a t-shirt with like a button up with a tie and then like a leather jacket. So I'm still like classy, but now I look a little more bad boyish. Right. And I'm going to stand out from all the finance bros. Mm. And by doing that, you're naturally polarizing. Women are going to be more inclined to talk to you. Interesting. And that was like, and I had like personas that I, like we, <laughs> we classified guys in like, based on styles it was like wall street which was like full suits or variations of suits bad boy which was like that if i had to dress that's pretty much how i operate yeah um it's more like band tees like more ragged look but still calculated um leather jackets like you know more tighter pants um and then you had hipster mm -hmm. which is like maybe like you know if you, everybody's familiar with a hipster bar right. <laughs> you dress like that and then and then there's like combinations of all the three that you could, you know, that you could kind of like, I'm a little like Wall Street bad boy or like, and like, so I was able to frame, you know, put frameworks, you know, for guys to follow and be like, okay, here's your Wall Street. Here's your bad boy. Like, here's how you can intertwine them mm. and kind of craft your own personal style. And like my most successful product in that, like I had two that were really good. Um, one was 51 Handsome Guy Secrets. It was a digital product that sold through full VSL. Like couldn't stop it. Just <laughs> kept playing. Like I was yeah. that guy. Um, and it was $49. It had a continuity attached to it. Um, and that did really well. Um, I actually was a, had a partner on that one, Jason Capital. He's a good yeah. friend of mine. Um, we partnered on that. And that kind of took the dating world by storm. But my most successful product ever was seven looks to make her want to mm. you. And it was a $5 digital product that was like basically seven Photoshopped pictures and what items specifically to buy on Amazon so you could have these looks. Wow. And I would update it every month. It was that easy. It was it, the product took me like five minutes to make because I had <laughs> it was like literally I just photoshopped pictures together. Yeah. But that didn't devalue the product. It's like because I, I I made a video about this and like there was oh it's just scamming. It's like no, it's like I put everything in one place on a singular page. It's mm -hmm. like this is the look. Here's where to get it. Here's and I had different price variations too. Like you had premium. Right. Like you know, like Amazon was like the cheapest. And you had like H and M Zara. And then you had like you know premium. Right. And that was for each variation. Like exactly these shoes, this, this Based outfit. off your price budget. Yeah. Just like, and it was, but it was just frameworks for people to be like, that didn't want to like, you know, like have that decision fatigue of like, what am I wearing today? Right. So they could put their, their, you know, their personality into a framework and be like, okay, I can wear that. Yeah. But you still got to be able to talk to the girls. So like, well, yeah, I didn't really mess with that. Um, I was just, you know, when they, cause it, it, it worked for me. So like the story behind like my whole, like I'm, you know, I'm currently, you know, currently engaged. I'm a fiance. We've been engaged a really long time. Um, I have a daughter, but we, we broke up for like a year. Mm. And during that time, I kind of wanted to reinvent myself. Like yeah. we, you know, 
I didn't get broken up with because of my image, but like I, it was like, I was like, I need to reinvent myself. Something needs to change. And fashion was a area that I lacked. Mm. And then when I went to look at what was already out there, which was, um, people that are not my friends, like Aaron Marino, I am alpha, I'm huge YouTuber. Um, Antonio Centeno, real men, real style, um, teaching men's fashion was Jose Zaniga. He was just starting out. Right. So this was like the era of the fashion influencer. None of them were like, like I was a single guy. Yeah. What did I want to do? Go out, get drunk and meet women. <laughs> You know, and I was just in a long-term relationship. So yeah. I was just like, you know, I need to re reinvent myself. And then I watched all their content. And I was like, all of them were trying to say, do this to get laid. I was just like, oh, it. I'm just going to like figure this shit out. And I'm going to talk about just doing this to get laid. Right. And that was really the the indicator. Because I, and, and again, it's based on personality. I know a lot of guys struggle really hard when it comes to face-to-face -face conversations with women. But I fortunately never had that problem when it came to talking women. Mm. But I wasn't getting approached. Right. So, like, I needed to fix that aspect of myself. Got it. So, once you fixed that, it was easy. Yeah. Once I fixed that, it was like, and I was literally, I had a calculator. That's where the frameworks came from. So, like, I started split testing <laughs> my uh, my dating life as far as, like, I would go to the more upscale bars in my area. And I would wear a leather jacket with jeans. Mm. And then just see what type of girl would talk to me. Right. And, like, and then I would go to, let's say, a more dive bar. Mm -hmm. And I'd wear a full suit just to see the reactions I would get. Mm. And it was so, always so fascinating to me, the types of girls that would talk to you based on what you were wearing. And, and you know, and it's kind of said a lot about them, right. but it was like very interesting that like, you know, when you were like going to a more upscale bar and you dressed kind of down more to like the bad boy, you know, tone, like you would have like, you know, very attractive middle-aged women like talking to you. Wow. Like that you wouldn't assume were even into that type of person. Right. And then when you go to like the dive bar where you'd have like, you know, we'll say more alternative types of girls like that you wouldn't expect to like a guy wearing a suit. They would be talking to you. Mm. And I and I was like, maybe this is a fluke. Maybe this is just me. Yeah. But it was like I started helping my friends dress <laughs> like and I'm like, yo, wear this to here and like, let's just see what happens. And the same thing kind of started happening. And that was, you know, again, these were m more naturally charismatic guys. They didn't really struggle with the conversation aspect. So yes, it would, I would say it's slightly easier for somebody like that. But at the same point, it's like most girls, if, if they like how you look and your kind of demeanor and your persona, I just don't think it's hard to have a conversation with somebody right. like that. Like there, and I mean, and again, too, it's not looking at every woman like you want to have with them. Mm -hmm. I think most guys that up hard now. Like, yeah, like they're like, oh yeah, if, you, if it's like, it's okay to just talk to girls without <laughs> wanting to have them. Like, yeah. It's okay. So you, you think you could be friends with a girl? I don't like, I will say if I, I mean, I'm engaged, so it would be very hard for me to be friends with a girl. Right. Like I think when you hit that long-term relationship dynamic slash, you know, fiance wife, unless that girl, the girls that you're, you're friends with are friends with your fiance as well, mm. equally to the same degree. Yes. Right. But I think it's like, no, if I just, like if I met some girl here in Vegas and I was like, oh yeah, we'd be great friends. Yeah. No inclination to have whatsoever. And be like, oh yeah, I met this chick. She's really <laughs> awesome. You should totally meet her. Like yeah. that's not going to go too well with my fiance. Right, right. You know, so I think that there's, you know, but if you're in the dating scene, yes, I think most guys would solve their dating problems by being friends with girls. Mm. Like as far as if you build out a friend circle of nothing but, you know, moderately attractive to attractive females that went with you two places. Mm. You're going to pay less money for your drinks. You're not going to wait in line that long. And you're going to be more girls are going to be more apt to approach you based on the fact that you have girls surrounding you. Right. So like that was always like the also another reason why I, I always found it easy to talk to women because I always went out with women, you know, which is social circle. Right. Like, and in Vegas, like 
if you're just like three dudes, it's really hard to get in anywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, let alone, you know, you need like six girls yeah. to get in somewhere in Vegas. So like, it's way harder here. <laughs> but I mean, where I live, it's like, you know, you can get comp to $300 table if you bring like three girls. Wow. Where do you live? Like St. Petersburg. Like it's changed. <laughs> it's, it's gotten better, but it's like, this is, I mean, I'm 40. So like the dynamic is definitely different now, but like right. I went out pretty heavily when I was like 25 to 30. Mm. So like you're talking 10 years ago. Yes. Things change. People are like, Oh, you're so old. But it's like, yeah, I just think the more girls you're friends with, it, it's just easier to have that dynamic. Like who do you go to brunch with? Go brunch with girls and a few of your friends. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen. You're going to have more conversations. More people are going to be apt to approach you. Yeah. So I think, I know I tell, I made some videos about it that they surprisingly didn't go viral. It's like, I'm like, you should get friend zoned a lot. <laughs> like, have you ever been friend zoned? Oh yeah. I mean, you can't not like, yeah. I feel like every guy is scared to admit it, but it's, yeah. it's part of the game. It's hard. I, I mean, game as a whole is like, I mean, it was a fun part of my life. I don't like regret like that, that whole aspect, but it's also, it's so different now with like Tinder and Bumble and all that. Yeah. Like that, it's like, it's just I, a numbers game now. Mm -hmm. You have access to so many numbers. But with, with everybody focused on this, I would just be walking up to girls. You were old school. Yeah. Like, cause it's, how do you stand out? You do yeah. the exact opposite of what everybody's doing. Mm. Like, and like, be like, Hey, how about we go through your Tinder together? I'll help you pick out a person. <laughs> Like, you know, like, I mean, what girl is going to be like, some might be like, oh no, but others would be like, that's actually funny. Yeah. Let's do it. Now you're building rapport. Like, I mean, so it's, I've just always achieved success in a lot of areas in my life, just doing the complete opposite of other people. Right. It's that simple. Yeah. But it's also, it's not saying it's the easiest. Yeah. You know? So, but I mean, but definitely dating dynamics. Like I, I've never been on, like I created like a Tinder account, a Tinder account, like once mm. when I was broken up with my fiance, cause we were broken up for about a year. And I was just like, this is so complicated. Like, I'm just like, this is like, I'm like, I'd rather just go out, talk to people. Yeah. And that always, and that's where the dressing kind of came in. And I was like, oh, this works. Yeah. You know, but now, I don't know. Like, the dynamics have changed yeah, quite a it's bit. It's a different game now. Back to your TikTok agency, because yeah. I want to touch more on that. You have 18 clients. Some of them are huge names. Yeah. How did you go about growing that company to a multi-million dollar company? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it started, like I said, we, I took my first client, uh, I had really good case studies when I started. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I was, I was fortunate because I was very early. Mm. Um, I would say fortunate because like I had time to kind of get it together before I started charging premium. Right. Um, but I knew I just always came from the, you know, if you get results, things kind of figure themselves out. And when I say figure themselves out, I mean like you can charge more, you get better clients, you get word of mouth. Mm. So I was for one, I was starting on my own account. I was like, okay, <clears throat> something I've never focused on in the past was my own brand. So I need to have that at least a hundred K, you know? So I was aggressively working on making that grow. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, then I need an alternative account that I can show success on somebody else's account. Mm. Now I was fortunate because of my network with the fashion. Um, I had a lot of friends that were YouTubers, but I also knew that they didn't care about TikTok. Mm. Like they're like, it's a new platform. And most successful people are always, they're usually pretty late to new platforms because they're like, should I commit to it yet? Or is it going to go away? Right. Um, so I kind of knew that going in. So I was like, I, my approach to, like, well, two specifically, two of my friends, one was Elliot Hulse. Mm -hmm. um, he's a huge YouTuber, very controversial political figure too. Um, I, I hit him up and I was like, Hey, I want to grow your TikTok. I don't want to charge you a thing. I just want 10% of revenue at some point mm. generated from the TikTok. Mm -hmm. And he being a friend of mine was like, sounds fair. Let's do it. So we started growing his account. And then another one of my friends was, uh, his name's Chris Barnard. He runs an athlete training account called overtime athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, I said the same thing to him and he's like, cool. 
So we started meeting up to film. We started, you know, I started posting it to TikTok and both Chris and Elliot got to 100K in less than 30 days. Wow. Um, now, Elliot went on to get banned three times. Why? Because <laughs> um, he was just very controversial. Oh, and this okay. was like before, you know, it was the beginning of like the end of the Trump era to, to, to like, it oh, was a politician. Yeah, he was just talking about some that like you don't talk about today yeah. um but he was growing so fast because it was still happening but then they really started putting the hammer down right. um so we, we we took his account three separate times to 100k and it got banned every time Jeez. um to the point where like if you even hashtag his name your view your videos like shot him yeah. um but then but chris's was very like a vanilla account basically yeah. it's like athlete training um took him to you know I mean, he's at like 250 now. We still work. I still work with Chris today. Um, so like I had these two case studies. And at the time, I think I was at like 40 or 50,000 on my account. Mm -hmm. But my editing style was significantly different than most people. Mm. Like I started TikTok with a camera and an editing software. And I was like, I'm not editing on the phone. I'm going to do this to build a business so I can scale it. And I know you can't scale videos on your phone. Right. So I just started literally filming, you know, turning the camera vertical before there was mounts. I would just mount the tripod, like mm. turn the camera vertical and filming for nine by 16. And I started making videos directly for the platform on my own. And then it turned into, you know, probably like four or five months in, there was no subtitles. Mm -hmm. Like, so I started subtitling my videos in the most obnoxious way possible because I was trying to stand out. Right. Um, and I mean, if you guys pay attention to TikTok, you know, the subtitle style mm -hmm. that is now the norm. Like now that's everywhere that that was started July of 2020. Wow. You started that. I mean, I can't, I can't take credit for subtitles, but like yeah. nobody prior to that made those red and green and all that fun stuff that has now become the normal. Wow. Plus, you know, I had a lot of big clients and we were using them on their, their accounts and they were getting really good results. <laughs> um, and you know, I mean, a couple of the accounts, I mean, I can share like we, you know, we've helped Grant Cardone, we've helped Ryan Pineda, I helped Brandon Carter. So like a lot of my, these accounts and then plus my own videos started taking off. So right. it was like, you know, a lot like, we just kept, but the the funny part was this: like, I just wanted obnoxious subtitles, like kind of taking the Gary V, what he had, and turning it into like a Gen Z version of Gary V. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's just make them big and bold. And the funny thing is, is like I don't know how to use Premiere Pro, but I employ nine editors right. that all use <laughs> Premiere Pro. Um, my software of choice was one called ScreenFlow, which is like super basic. So like, the edits became very basic because I didn't have access to learn the other fancy. Sh Right. So that's why we we did them word by word, and I was like, oh, let's. And I'm a copywriter because I was selling products on the internet. I was like, it's like let's make this word bigger because it makes sense. Mm. Let's let's bring that one to the forefront and make sense. Like so, like I was treating it like I was writing sales copy with my right. words. You were split I, testing a bunch. Of stuff. Yeah, and then it just morphed into taking over basically. And right. now there's different variations of it. And I think it's pretty cool. Like it, it's fun to see. Yeah. But you know a lot of people started requesting that style. And then, I mean, now your DMS are probably full of that style, Daily, um, bro. but it's, it, it just became like, you know, you know, so basically, you know, rolling back a little bit, like after I had Chris to 250 or it's like 200 K Elliot had on K, my own account was growing. I got my first paying client technically, which was a, a prankster. Um, I don't want to degrade her by calling her a prankster. She's like an amazing content creator. Her name is Adley Stump. Yeah. Uh, she's a Facebook creator. Mm -hmm. She she manages like a bunch of viral creators. They get like a billion views a week on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, it's insane the amount of views they do. I was just repurposing her um, and posting it to TikTok, and she was paying me seven hundred fifty bucks a month. And we had we got her a million followers in uh, six months. Jeez. Um, I had my most viral like six hundred thousand of those followers came from one video. Wow. How many um, views did that video get? It got 48,000, or I'm sorry, 48 million on TikTok. Jeez. Um, World Star Hip Hop reposted it, 
and links wow. back to it. To what me. was the video though? Um, it was it was a girl who caught her boyfriend cheating in Starbucks and threw a coffee on him. Oh, like a prank? It was totally scripted. All <laughs> of it was fake. Um, they knew the manager of Starbucks on YouTube. Yeah, and that's but that's what they do. They do those yeah, those yeah. fake viral videos, and people think they're real. And they that's crack. why they go viral because people comment it's fake and it's whole. Yeah, that's thing. what they that's what they found out. They're like that. You know, people just don't care. They want the entertainment. Yeah. Um, so her account to a million, and then like when I had like all that, I had a lot of buzz generated and then it just turned into, okay, you know, then I got my first really big client, you know, it was Grant Cardone. We've helped him a lot. Yeah. Um, and then more came after that very, very right. quickly. It was like a snowball. And then I was just hiring people. Cause like, yeah. and then I ran into the problem. Like I knew how to edit like this. Now I had to teach others. To teach edit other like, people, yeah. And it wasn't as, you know, again, this is two years ago. So a like, long time ago. It wasn't like now. Like it, yeah. it's, it's. I feel like it's easy to come in and know how to edit subtitles now. People but, have gotten better. Mm-hmm, but it's it's it was then it was like brand new. People right. were like this, and people were like resisting the style because mm. it was like it was so childish, like right. Um, which is why it worked. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so it was just like one big client after another, and then I just kind of kept like you know, I've had I've built a really really incredible team. Um, nice. a very. I mean, they're expensive. Um, there's yeah. a lot of overhead involved in, in, you know, running a really, in my opinion, a really good team. Um, but all this I had to figure out because, like, I came from being like a one-man guy mm-hmm. making like YouTube videos, and then like I had like I was helping local businesses make videos, and then now it's like it was, you know, I hired one editor, and then like, then I hired two editors, and then three, and then you know I had to bring in an operate operator slash assistant at the mm-hmm. time, and then that person quit, and then had to bring on more editors and it was like, and then I was also figuring out, okay, how many videos can editors edit before they like burn out? Yeah. Because all of my clients were massive right. and all the clients were like, we need results. We need results. We need results. And I'm like, I got like, I had like two editors quit. I'm like, guys, like, and then I'm back editing. And they're like, well, they were we overwhelmed. Yeah. It's just like the expectation. And, and that's why I think there's an industry problem right now with creator to editor. Um, that I don't know how it's solvable because it's like the creators expect so much from the editor and the editor, yeah is just like you know it is creativity and you're expected to be creative every yeah. single video and just because it's like a 30 second video doesn't in my opinion doesn't make it any less imp- unimportant as like a 10 minute video right you know so it's like in most of my editors like you know that like they ask how do you go viral so much how do you get make a thousand viral videos and i was like because the edits take like an hour to two each edit wow like you know and most of them have and they've gotten longer you know, where it's yeah. like most of our viral videos now fall between 45 to 55 seconds. Jeez. And they're packed. And they're all educators. Yeah, so images they, everywhere. And they're packed in. Image. You got to find studies. You got to find this. And you got to. And that became a big problem because I was trying to do the normal route, which is like outsource overseas. That's what I tried. Yeah. Those editors and, didn't do it. And well. they. No Terrible. offense to overseas editors. Yeah, no offense, guys. Like, you just don't understand American culture. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. You know, and that's like, why I pay more to U.S. editors. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, and then you're. Then it's like, okay, what's the expectation? And like, I found the sweet spot to be four to five videos a day. Yeah. Um, for what an American editor averaging and like and you get faster i don't want to say like yeah. i mean and i've never optimized for like you know now we've kind of made some changes in the structure of the company where it's like i used to just pay per video like i'm like i don't care how long it takes you just make a good video mm-hmm. and and then i also bonus like the editor if the videos go viral um which is i don't know many people that do that um yeah that's so, cool yeah so the editor so if it gets over a million views you give them a bonus yeah but it gets over a million views the editor gets 100 bucks nice like that's a lot you know and i've also the irony of that is now that we're doing like 4,000 videos a month, yeah. um, 
it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's actually now it's a problem yeah. and I'm restructuring things to figure that out. sounds expensive. Yeah. But you know, it's a, in my opinion, that's like the best problem to have because that means all my clients are happy. Right. You know? And, and I mean, I'm saying like, you know, we're not like some freaks. Like we, last month we had 27 videos get, get over a million views, Nice. you know? And then this month we're, I think right now we're, I don't know what it's like the 23rd or 24th. Like I think we're at like 17 total. Nice. So, so it's like, we're, we're seeming to hit like, Basically, in my company across eighteen accounts, one video is going viral every single day. It's really good. Yeah. You know, so it, you know, I, you know, that's three k in bonuses basically every yeah. month. I was like, I will gladly send that out. Yeah. To have that clout come back to me for for that amount of viral videos. Yeah, at least a business for you, bro. You know, and it, but I mean, the problem with the industry is like, you, like, let's say, if you we were working together, like you just start getting viral videos. So yeah. now your expectation is more viral videos. Yeah, like, once you're on that train, it, you don't want it to stop. And it's a it's a dopamine roller coaster yeah. no, as there, a creator. There's a week where I won't go viral, and I'm kind of like I'm, upset. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I'm depressed. Like yeah. I just like I had like a month, like, and I just had a 1.6 million yesterday, and I was like, yeah, I'm going on a podcast. It's big, and I got viral. <laughs> I was like, I'm like I'm on top of the world. Yeah. But prior to that, I'm like hitting up all manners. Like, yo, you guys, like, we gotta we gotta do. Shit. Step it up, guys. Like, <laughs> I'm like talking to my team. Like I like they know more that something I don't. And I'm like I'm not saying that. I'm like I'm like I know what they're gonna tell me. Yeah. Like they're like, hey, this the topics aren't hitting, Ryan. Like, let's just yeah, calm absolutely. down. You know, so it's it's a it's definitely a uh, you know managing the dopamine and at least for clients is like you know I've just had success like keeping growing the team. Like basically, it's one one American editor at a time. Mm -hmm. But now we've kind of changed the structure to where we have like you know multiple American editors doing more quality control. Yeah, and they're. I deem them like, you know, we'll say, you know, professional editors per se or whatever you want to name them. If you do this, like, you know, they've just edited a lot of viral videos. Yeah. So they have the, the mind on. muscle connection for those types of things. Yeah. So, and I am going off overseas, but they're getting stonewalled by the American It'd be like, okay, dude, change this to this, change Smart. this to this, change this. But even that process is like Takes a while. hours a day, yeah. you know? So it's, you know, but it, it just sucks. You can... Like the American culture versus like overseas culture, and this is not talking to Americans because I love Americans. It's like Americans expect a lot more; they're a lot more entitled. Yeah. Whereas like I have a Filipino editor, the guy he'll do anything I feel like. Yeah, you know, and he and we pay like I pay everybody in USD too, so they're like rich in their country. Right, right. Um, you know, so like, and I make that like that's why a lot of people like I have a good influx of good editors right now because. Like the word has gotten around that right. I pay very well, well. Plus it, you know, plus they want to work on yeah. the bigger accounts. You, you know, build good company culture there. You know, but that's to say, like that's taken. You know, the like my agency as a whole, it's like two and a half years old. Yeah. So it's like that's a lot of time in the content. Space, yeah. In the short form content. And space. I'm just like, I had to figure all this out because yeah. there was no like. I mean, you had uh, my friend Eddie Malouf on. He has a massive agency. I remember I hit him up for coaching, mm. and. You know, I think I paid him, it was like 3K for a phone call. <laughs> and like we get into it and he gave me some really good advice. I don't, but it was so funny because I was like, what do I do about the videos? And he was just like, he's like, bro, I don't handle 4,000 videos a month. I don't even know how to help you there. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay. That's and then lot. I remember I bought coaching from, uh, from D-Rock, like Gary V's guy. Nice. I was just looking, like, I was just hitting people like, yo, can I, like, just because how do people manage, like, I mean, f like storage, file systems, like, because, right. you know, the average client, like, Basically, we're doing you know two videos a day for a lot of our clients. So you're talking 90 videos a month. Yeah. We're f we started flying to them because we get better results. So I'm like having to factor travel into. Yeah. The, like, Wait, where are you storing 4,000 videos a month? Actually, Google like, Drive. <laughs> uh, it could fit that many. Yeah, we. I mean, we have like the Google One plan. Uh, okay. We had to upgrade. Um, but 
you know, it was just getting it organized to where it was like easy, and, yeah. you know, cause we, the, when you're doing like two, sometimes three videos a day for clients, it's like, you know, we do batch filming where we fly to them. We film a couple hundred videos each time we're there mm. for two or three days. Then they, most all of them have their own videographer. They're sending us stuff. So they're uploading that right. to the file. Plus we're taking podcast clips We're we're, we're clipping them. Yeah. But due to the expectations of like the clients that, you know, cause I mean, we're charging, you know, I mean, yeah, what do you charge on average? Anywhere the right now, it's like I'm. O I only really take people at 10k a month. Wow! And like the package for that is like, we basically it's we call it the super famous package. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like what some like the Brandon Carter. He's a good friend of mine. He's like like we're posting up to like six videos a day. We're managing multiple accounts. Um, we're manually posting on all those accounts because right. we need to see the analytics. We can't have any, um things happen there we're taking podcasts we're like we're, we're pulling from his live stream we're basically we're it's like full autonomy yeah for us to just grow you and do you guarantee any views or yeah i mean it, i don't contract the guarantee because yeah. and i tell them that i said look but we do i do a three-month contract to start with anybody new and i'd be like look the goal is you know if i look at somebody and go okay your like, your personality on point like you can talk you know you're yeah. like we can help you like a million views a week is like the norm. Like that's like, if we're not hitting that, like there's something wrong with the account yeah. at that level. Um, but ultimately it's, you know, one viral video on any platform every week. Smart. You know, and that, and then I've even started to, you know, but this is where like the industry hasn't caught up to like where we're at. Cause I've always kind of innovated and I feel like in this space, a lot of people look to me to like innovate the, yeah. like I started implementing performance bonus structures for the client too, mm -hmm. instead of like, cause I was always doing it for the editors. Cause that was the only way I could keep the editors looking at each video individually, right? Not like a robot, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I have clients where I'm testing out, like if we get you a million views, it's a thousand dollar bonus, mm. like, or a million viewed video, but it's only one video per platform. Cause we have the case, like we make one viral video and it goes viral on all four platforms. Like that happens. I mean, if for the average client, like probably once a month, the same video goes viral on all yeah. four platforms. Yeah. I noticed like, that. And, so that's why we always focus on TikTok first, because if it goes viral on TikTok, it's good everywhere else. TikTok's like the main thing, and then from there it can. Mm -hmm. That's just what we've seen. You know, so like with that, it's like okay, <laughs> like it hasn't gotten to the point where I like slap a client with like a ten thousand dollar bonus, <laughs> but like I also understand that it is a long term game too. So it's like, yeah. but I think the industry hasn't caught up to like the clients not expecting to pay the amount of work that's involved to continue to make you go yeah, viral. Absolutely. And, and that's kind of a, I don't know how that's going to get fixed, but I think I feel like we're put, you know, me and myself, I'm pushing that boundary of like yeah. what's possible I there. I think it'll be fixed over time as it gets, the market mm -hmm. gets more competitive. Yeah. Cause I mean, if, if, it, if you think about it, like ads, I mean, you know, a million views for a thousand bucks, like, you know, that's low CPMs. Yeah. So it's like, that makes sense. At least to me, yeah. like, it's like you want a million views and then the argument comes in, well, they're not targeted views. It's like, but if you're getting a million views on ads, they're not that targeted either. Right. Yeah, you might put broad general interest, but they're just showing your video to everybody. Especially with the pixel updates, they're not as targeted as they used to. Yeah. Be. So like, I don't think there's a difference anymore. Yeah. Um, as far as like, how do you make money from these views versus like, what do you charge for these yeah. views? Because so. the algorithm's gonna show it to people that are semi interested. Yeah. Because because you're watching it to the end. The only way a video goes viral is if you watch it start to finish. Yeah. So it's like the more people that watch it, they're obviously interested. Absolutely. In it. Ryan, it's been a pleasure, man. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, my, my Instagram's like home. It's just my name, Ryan McGinn. Um, same on TikTok, YouTube Shorts. Um, but Instagram's the baby. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. Digital Social Hour. See you guys next time.